0: Let's get started. Hey, everyone. Welcome to She Coaches Coaches, and I am so glad you're here. I've got a very special guest episode set up for you today. Now, I'm not going to tell you who it is, although if you've seen the audio clip or you've seen the screenshot, you'll know. But let me just read part of her bio and see if you can guess. Who is she? She says, Money isn't the only thing in the world, but together we can use money as a tool for good. She is the money mentor for the new wave on online entrepreneurs who want to make money and change the world. She helps entrepreneurs like you charge premium prices, release the fear of money, and create first-class lives. And she's a lazy introvert, a Hay House author, and an unbusy. Mom of three. She owns a rose farm and lives by the beach in sunny Australia. She says her role in the world is to help people with their money fears, sabotages, and blocks. And she creates a safe place for people to talk money, cash, and abundance. She's got three amazing books. They're all on my shelf, and they're all on money mindset for online entrepreneurs. And her fourth is going to be released shortly. So, If you haven't guessed yet, my guest today is Denise
1: Duffield-Thomas. Welcome, Denise. I'm so pleased that you're here. That was such a fun guessing game. (laughs) I love it. Thank you so much, (laughs) Candy. Like, guess who? People are like, I have no idea.
0: I figured The Rose Farm, The Money Mindset, all that stuff would be a dead giveaway. And I know that I recommend your books to all my clients as well. And so when this um, uh, interview was set up, I sent a note to one of them in particular. And she was like, you're kidding. You get (laughs) me. She wanted to sort of listen in on the sly and listen to the conversation. So I know they're going to really enjoy it as well. Well, So one of the things that I wanted to talk about today was... Just money, mindset, blocks in general, how entrepreneurs sabotage their income and female entrepreneurs in particular.
1: I mean, it's a huge topic, right? And the thing that I always tell people is we all have imposter syndrome for sure. It's just so common. But most of the people I meet, I think you're smart enough. You're capable. You can follow a checklist of things to do. Nothing is beyond you. Especially nowadays, you can you can learn how to do anything for free on YouTube. So knowledge is not our, our issue. Lack of know-how is not our issue. There's just something there that feels so vulnerable to us when we start our own business. It feels unsafe. It feels icky. And that is our money mindset that we need to work on. And the way that I approach it is from a place of curiosity. I never say I can clear your money blocks and you know it feels like you know there's people who say you know one hypnosis session you'll never bite your nails again <laughs> <laughs> it actually works for my husband he needed two sessions but he's never bitten his nails before um, since but money mindset is not like that there will there will always be new nuances for us to discover around our money but at the start especially if you've never done this work before it feels insurmountable and all you can feel is this unexplained dread or anxiety or fear, and it's really hard to pinpoint it, and it's really hard to figure out what to do about it. Um, and I'm sure you experienced that like I did when you start your business. You just feel like you've gone to school, you know, those dreams where you go to school and you've got no clothes on. It feels <laughs> like that.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think we've all experienced it. And, it. and it's not just one time either. Every level that I get to in my business, it's again and again and again. So often um, for my clients, because they're new coaches or newer coaches, they're just, they undervalue their skills and experience. And they have this combination of really wanting to have a solid impact in the world, but then turning around and, you know, only charging a small amount for the good work that they can do. What do you suggest for somebody like
1: that? Uh, Well, it's such an exploration, you know, and I think what's important is for to realize that each of us have our own individual money stories. And it's hard to even know where to start. But what I get people to do is to just write an initial list of the things that you remember from your childhood about money. That's a really good place to start. Just what do you remember your parents talking about? And then you could kind of dive in. Well, what do you remember about things like birthdays or Gift-giving holidays like Christmas. What do you remember about um, uh, school shoes? This is a question I've been asking people a lot recently. Tell me about your school shoes. Because there are little clues like that where you remember hearing fights about money or you remember the tension about money. And you might think, okay, well, what do I do with that information? You can draw a through line through most of those very specific memories to where this could be showing up for you in your business today. And so one could be that you just grew up hearing it's not polite to talk about money. You know, never ask anyone how much they earn. Never, um, you know, ask someone how much they paid for something. It could have just been a completely taboo topic. You might not have ever been told that explicitly. It might have just been in a million different ways that you're not allowed to talk about money, that it's um, icky or just inappropriate. And so then you can draw a through line to that To I can't put a price on what I do. I can't put my prices on my website. I can't tell people about my prices. I can't pitch myself. I can't put myself forward for things. I can't send out invoices. I can't chase up invoices. I can't have an awkward conversation with someone who asks for a discount. There could be so many ways that your whole being is just going, I'm not allowed to talk about this. I'm not allowed to talk about it. And that is one example. So when I talk about money blocks, I don't say clearing money blocks because it just makes it sound like, oh, yes, bye. Um, I actually talk more these days about excavating money blocks because we've got these layers and layers and layers. And some of them are so old, they're not even ours. We were born into them. And we're just trying to find those little nuggets And those little nuggets of gold, which is these little nuggets are your reward. Because sometimes we think I have to let, I have to be perfect. I have to let go of all of those things first, then I'm allowed to make money. And the truth is, as you said, you're always going to find a new layer of it. Sometimes you just unpack something and you go, oh, okay, now I can charge a little bit for that. And then the next time, oh, maybe I can charge a little bit more. So those little nuggets of gold are what we're trying to look for. And they're your reward for doing the work, excavating all your your stories.
0: That's so perfect. And you know what's neat is um, when you started, you were talking about curiosity and curiosity and coaches. They go to get together like you know peanut butter yeah. and jam, right? And so, the minute you start feeling curious about something, you reduce some of that resistance and you reduce that um, that tension, that internal tension. So, if you can get curious and then do the excavation, I like to talk about just awareness, like just the fact that you notice it that you can see it, that you have some visibility into why it might be like that. Sometimes just that alone means that, oh, okay, well, I'm nervous, but I can handle this because I actually know what I'm nervous about. I actually know where this resistance sits. And the there's a piece here, sorry, I've got a thread in my head about it, mm. but it's like, it's not just from our families, right? Like this may not have been as you're working through your memories to do with money as a child, whether it's, you know, did you get new shoes for school? Did you have new school supplies every year or not? But sometimes it's the peripheral, you know, like any time that maybe you went shopping with a friend as a child and they were experiencing tension, you could
1: have picked this up just to keep yourself safe, right? everything, um, movies and TV. Uh, and I'll give you an example. There's, um, obviously there's, you know, we can be general about things, but it's always about what was the flavor of the time and how did you feel like you fit or not fit? And I remember when I grew up, I would watch reruns after school of, um, Bewitched and I Dream of Jeannie. And, that was, you know, what, the 60s era that they were yeah. created. And it was all about these women who were extraordinary, but they had to pretend that they weren't because they they didn't want to emasculate their husbands, basically. So they had to do everything the hard way, the muggle way almost, because <laughs> they couldn't be magical, you know. And I just think there's that lesson there for women who grew up seeing that and also then, you know, people in the 80s who saw the reruns of it, of just you can't be too special. And it's that um, almost that uh, I call it the Highlander myth, right? There can only be one and you have to be super special. And we see this played out again and again, that there can only be one character. There can only be one woman. There can only be one black character. There can only be one disabled person and they have to be super special and they have to have these special powers. They have to be a princess, you know? And so I just think it's really interesting to look at what, what shows did you grow up watching? Mm. What was mm-hmm. the flavor of the time? Um, were you praised for being a good girl? Which most of us, <laughs> well, let's face it. But um, when you were talking about coaching, about how it's still so undercharged for women, I think because so much of it is putting a value on a skill set that we're expected to have. Right. naturally holding right. space for people, mm-hmm. listening, being a sounding, caring. caring, caring for people. Yeah. Caring. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I see this in so many industries play out and, you know, this, um, this month, this last month, I've been talking to people on podcasts galore. Right. And it's been interesting going on industry specific podcasts. So a lady who is a mindset coach um, for dance teachers, And they feel so much guilt because they're saying, I should be doing this for the love of the children and the love of dance. And, you know, then there's photographers. And they were like, but I should be doing this because I love helping people like pet photographers and newborn photographers. And then people who are in the health world who are helping people with real health problems that are, you know, causing them daily pain and stress. Well, we should be doing this for free if we really cared about it. And when I first became a coach, my little sister is 19 years younger than me. So it's massive age gap, but she was staying with me. And I had a client come to the house back when I saw clients face to face. And when she left, she was like, did that lady just pay to like be your friend? <laughs> she just <laughs> didn't get it. She was like, I don't get what. And, and a lot of my friends would say, who goes to a life coach? Like what kind of weirdo goes to a life coach? Are they people with no friends and no like, you know, just skills in, in, in life? And it was so misunderstood, but I realized that so many of us are in professions where suddenly we have to put a value on something that if we were born 100 years ago, we'd be doing for free because it'd be just part of our personality. We would be doing it for our families. We would be doing it for our girlfriends. We would be doing it for our town and our communities. And suddenly we have to put a value on it. And no wonder that feels awkward. Of course it does. Yeah.
0: And then so it's the it's the skill it's the thing that we're doing, but then it's so tangled into that being a female. And so there's a lot, I think there's a lot of unpacking there, you know, there's a lot of, um, you know, if you look at people who are in corporate, you know, we know that on average women earn pennies on the dollar and women of color earn even less than that. And it's not right even at that level. So this whole discussion about money as it is, we have so much emotion attached to money, as opposed to learning that, and it's not that I'm there yet, but you know, working on it, we all work on our money stuff, right? (laughs) Learning that money is really a tool. It is just thing that is not good or bad. It's not a reflection on who you are. It is just a thing. And So to extract that, you know, like to take my worth is not contingent on how much money I have, my, you know, value that I add, I can charge money, but it doesn't make me more or less of a worthy person. So it's a real, like it's a tangled little web, you know, I just... Yeah, just the more I think about it, the more I think of how it's really representative of everything, you know, more representative of everything that we have in our life and how much joy we allow in our life and how much, oh, yes, um, how much just sort of life in our life,
1: right? It really is. And, and so therefore, you can reverse engineer it a little bit. And so I'll say to people, your assignment is to go to a cafe. And look at the menu without looking at the price and say, what do I feel like? And also ask for something extra. So and it's just a little practice that could be, oh, do you mind if I have a little bit of extra milk? Because I always with with my teapot, I always run out of the milk. And I remember having to force myself to do that. Excuse me, is it OK if I have a little bit more milk? Because I realize I just you get what you get and you don't get upset. And who are you to ask? And so sometimes it's you might not be there yet to double your prices. You know, people are Mm -hmm. like, just double your prices, charge what you are worth. But it's like, honey, I can't even ask for a a teaspoon that I've dropped on the ground. I can't even ask for an extra napkin. It's like, okay, well, then you can start working for things like little things like that and do it incrementally. And that's sometimes what's missing from that charge what you're worth thing is, it has to come from inside you and sometimes we've never been able to choose and we don't know what we like. We don't even know what our preferences would be. But that means, though, there's never any perfection there. So you can't, we can't have the excuse of when I feel confident, then I'll do it. You just have to pick a number that you feel okay with now. It's literally like price for right now and mm-hmm. know that you can change it as many times as you like. And also knowing that that number is never going to be perfect. There's no such thing as a critic proof price. So we can't even look for that. And there's no such thing as a price where you're always just going to be like, yeah, go me. Because most of the time you are going to second guess it and you have to just pick a number.
0: You just have to and start. Get going.
1: Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And so
0: this was the second part in the conversation that you said something that caught my um, attention and it's, Um, And and I see this as well in the coaches that I work with, and I experience this as well for myself, is the place where you sit in indecision and don't realize that the indecision itself is a money block. So if I sit here and I have to question and question and question and think about it from all these different angles, I'm still holding myself back, right? And so that's still a place that we can have a challenge,
1: well, I think it comes down to perfectionism and deservingness. Mm-hmm. I have to be perfect in word, thought, and deed. I have to be so perfect to deserve this abundance. And I, um, when I first learned about the law of attraction, I really thought that that's what it was about. I was like, oh, I need to control my thoughts so much. So I'm just this pure vessel of sunshine <laughs> and light. <laughs> An enlightened being, <laughs> yes, pretty much. And then I'll be worthy of the money. And I'm a Virgo, so I've got double perfectionism. Um, I've got like five planets in Virgo, but it really is a, a deservingness thing of thinking. Well, you know, I'll it, that person that I'll be sometime in the future when all the stars align. She'll be so perfect. She'll be at the perfect weight. Her hair will be perfect all the time. She'll be nice all the time. All of those things, and not realizing that you are on the journey and you are going to be the same with money, literally. So Mm -hmm. why not just accept yourself for who you are now and say, why not? Why not me? Why not me? Um, Because you're never going to be perfect ever, ever, ever. And life's not going to be perfect either. You know, I, um, I talk about this a lot because it sounds like, oh, poor you, but I'm pretty wealthy. It doesn't mean, my life is perfect. I still have imposter syndrome all the time. I have anxiety still. Um, And it doesn't matter how rich you are, your puppies and your toddlers will pee on all your stuff. They don't care. I'm like, do you know who I am? Don't pee on my stuff. They don't care. Um, Life is going to happen. So you may as well receive that now and and recognize the fact that you are on the journey. You're not suddenly going to flip and become this perfect person. And actually, that's the secret to all of my work. It's love and acceptance because then you can go, okay, maybe I can. And that's why I talk about doing that mirror work where you look in the mirror and you say, this is what a wealthy woman looks like. And you don't just say it when you've just come from the hair salon like me this morning or when you're dressed up for something because that's what you think your version of wealth would be. You have to do it when you are just woke up with bad breath, with when you're not feeling great, when you've had a bad day, when all of those things, because the first hundred times you do it, your brain will say, no, Mm. I'm not allowed because of X, Y, Z. And you don't push that away. You actually look at it and acknowledge it. Like we were talking about before and say, oh, I have this story that I can't be wealthy because of this. Where did that come from? Oh, okay. I've got compassion for myself. Of course it's come from that because of this person said this, or I I heard this growing up, or I grew up in this way. And then maybe it like the 200th time you've said it, you'll go, oh, maybe I can. But you start to follow more people who look like you. You have that little bit of extra belief. So maybe you feel a bit more courageous to put yourself out there on social media. You feel a little bit more brave to send a follow-up to a client who said they were mildly interested with you. And then that's how it that's how it all happens. And not because suddenly, (laughs) you know, it's happening outside of you.
0: (laughs) You're not, I dream of genie, and you wrinkle your nose and all of a sudden, poof, there you are.
1: I wish Um, that'd be great.
0: Wouldn't that be an amazing thing to think that so much of the money, you know, the money journey is so tied to how we feel about ourselves. Right. And I know that people say to me, well, well, how do I, how do I like myself? Like, how do I love myself? And it's the silliest, it's the silliest answer. Like they don't quite believe it. You just decide, you just decide. Maybe you don't love yourself today and think that you're entirely worthy and that you could stand in the mirror and say, this is what a wealthy woman looks like. But what you can say is I can honor myself. I can learn to respect myself. I can be kind to me right? And so those two things, even though they tangle together with our money blocks, they also support
1: each other even better as we grow. And it's looking for those symbolic actions that you can take to really believe it because you can say the affirmation and you can try and believe it, but you still don't put an extra sweater on when you're cold. Yeah. Or you don't give yourself time in between clients to go and have a decent pee and a cup of tea. Or you um, have a squeaky chair. Or you allow other people to, in your family to have what they need and you make do. And sometimes money's just not there, whatever. But sometimes you're saving things for best <laughs> and you don't believe you're worthy of a fresh cup of tea fresh tea bag putting on an extra jumper because you're cold and I think sometimes we don't realize how many little things like that that happen in our life that we've had to do we've had to build resilience and we haven't allowed ourselves to receive even those tiny little bits of pleasure so I always say to people just find find those little symbolic things that you think you either you weren't allowed to have or you just It wouldn't even occur to you to ask that you're allowed to do that. And sometimes for me, that's hanging around with people um, who have really good self-esteem. I've noticed this with, I've got a friend who just has the most amazing self-esteem and she'll just say, oh, can I have an extra towel when we're staying at a hotel together? And I just go, oh, are you, you know, (laughs) oh my God. And she's like, Denise, I want an extra towel. And I go, Okay. And it rubs off on you because then you realize you have permission, but then you might realize you have a story about that. Oh, I'm such a diva, you know, for, for asking. And it's a practice. It's a practice every single day.
0: This has been so great. And it just, one of the things that I like about this conversation, um, especially for the listeners is that this is exactly the voice that you have in your books. And so you might listen to this conversation and go, oh, she's a real human. She's got real thoughts, real people. But then when you go and you read your books, they don't sound different. They still sound very similar. And that's, you know, that's that piece of being really relatable. And then people like listeners and readers, they go, I can relate to her. That means that it's easier to make to apply it to me, right? She's not way up there. She understands that I've got a challenge. She has had challenges herself. So I so appreciate this. And I guess, oh yeah, we're just about at time. So yeah. I know so you've got a new coming up.
1: I went too fast. <laughs>
0: yeah, it's been wonderful. I so I really appreciate your time and really appreciate the conversation as well. And, you know, as I was thinking about um, this interview, I was rereading parts of your book and I'm like, Hey, I just read that. Hey, I just read that. So it's just (laughs) wonderful. I love that. Um, I know you've got a new book coming out. Can you tell us about it and
1: tell the listeners how they can get it? Oh, I'm so excited about this because it's actually a new edition of my book, Chillpreneur. And it's such a good lesson. Um, When I wrote it, I started writing it in between babies two and three. So I would just given birth to baby number two when I started it, realizing that a lot of the business books I was trying to read, I was like, oh, my God, they don't understand what I'm going through. (laughs) These guys, they don't don't know how hard it is to run a business while you've got kids. And um, so I started writing that. And then so I handed it in 2018. Literally, my baby, my baby, that when I was finishing it, she just turned four, and so my publisher last year said we would love you to do a new edition because the world has changed Mm -hmm. since then, and it really has. But in a way, what's been really interesting about the new editions is that um, additions is that people would say to me, "Oh, that's great, but it doesn't work for my industry." I'm not allowed to do stuff on Zoom. (laughs) You know, I'm not allowed to make things easy. My business can't go online. I can't do an online course, all of those things. And so now we know that that's not true, but also I was able to put a lot of case studies in from a lot of different industries. And um, if you have read the previous book, Chillpreneur, the new book, Chill and Prosper, has a ton of really cool extra bonuses. So anyone who's interested, go to denisedt.com slash prosper. And you can put in where you've bought it. And um, one of the bonuses which I want to share is an album of affirmations that you can listen to while you're working or you can use them for meditation on very specific money mindset things, things like overcoming your fear of marketing, overcoming your six-figure or your seven-figure income plateaus, forgiving yourself for past money mistakes, all of those things that are so important. And... I really believe sometimes that listening to things like that subliminally can make a really big difference to sometimes uncovering some of those little things that you didn't even realize was there. So I hope everyone enjoys the new book. It comes out on the 19th of June, but you can pre-order it now on 19th of July, sorry. And you can um, pre-order it now at that denisedt.com slash prosper. Wonderful.
0: Well, I've got my pre-ordered copy. And so looking forward forward to it for sure. Um, If you're listening to this episode when it goes live, you can still do the pre-order. But if you're listening to it when this has been around for a little while, I still highly recommend that you go and check out Denise's books. All of them are great. The new one, I'm sure, will be wonderful. So how do I wrap this up? I so appreciate the time that you spent Yeah, any last words for the listeners? Any
1: kind of last thoughts? Absolutely. Um, It's just asking yourself, why not me? Because I have never really had anyone come and tap me on the shoulder and say, hey, you, you know, and it just doesn't happen. And so sometimes we don't feel very confident, but we just have to have that quiet feeling of going, maybe it's okay that I do this. And your voice is important. Your voice, can help somebody you know and again if we go back a couple of hundred years and you were the healer on the edge of the town or you started a business in your town in the 80s or 90s the people you could help it was so small you know and now we live in this abundant world where you can help so many people and you only need a tiny fraction of them to have a successful business and you can write your own books and you can have your own show and you can have your own podcast why not you no one literally no one can stop you Um, And you can just ask that to yourself. Why not me?
0: Yeah. I love that. There's no God of the universe or God of the internet that says not you, you don't even get to try like, so if it's on your heart and it's, you've been thinking about it, why
1: not you give yourself permission? You know, I have to share this because every time I feel, um, you know, imposter syndrome, which I always do. I think of my grandma. So my nan, Judy Thomas, was so talented. You know, she was a seamstress and she could cook beautifully and she could paint. And I remember um, going to her house once and my granddad had this whole room to himself with these bowling trophies and his wrestling trophies or whatever. And I noticed in her closet, she had all these canvases and she was an amazing painter, but she kept everything in a closet. She had a closet for her stuff. And so whenever I think and I'm scared, I just think of her saying, what what are you doing? You know, and imagine saying to your grandmother, but what if a TikTok teen makes fun of me on the internet? Um, (laughs) What if someone's mean to me? And that stuff is scary, but imagine what our grandmothers would have to say about that. And just, they would just want nothing but the best for us. And they would you know, they would pump us up. And so sometimes we just have to connect to that grandmother energy and just say, wow, I'm taking this opportunity to create good in the world. And why not me again? Mm -hmm. Oh, I love Mm -hmm. that. Thank you. So everyone, it's time
0: for you to go and check out Denise's book and we'll talk to you again next week. I'll put the link in the episode notes. Thanks again for listening today. Please hop on over to Apple podcasts and leave a review. Also, I would love to hear from you. Did something that I say resonate? What else would you like to learn about? Click the link in the player and leave a comment on the post. This is going to give me great ideas for future episodes so I can help you best. Join me again next week for more coaching, support, and teaching to help you become the confident coach you are meant to be.